welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, it is Data Day. Yes, it is. We love Data Day. We've got brand new data to share with you today from the Real Estate Institute of New Zealand. Of course, every single month they release a new report into what's going on in the property market, which delves into each region, each district, so we can figure out what's going on. Now, Andrew, compared to previous months, what's new here? What's the main takeaway from the report? Well, more of the same. Bindi Norwood, the chief executive at Ryan's, said, usually in January, the residential property market slows down and prices ease off a bit as people head to the beach for the summer holidays. We didn't. We stayed around and worked on Excel spreadsheets. However, for the first month of 2021, it was anything but normal as house prices across the country have continued to rise. So again, it seems to be just a copy and paste of the last report. Four regions saw record median house prices. So Bay of Plenty, the Hawke's Bay, Ed's Taranaki, Nelson, and median house price across New Zealand year on year is up 19.3%. And the Ryan's Index is up 19.2%. But that's all boring stuff, Andrew. We've heard that so often. We've talked about it on the show. At this point, Continually rising house prices are pretty boring. So let's look at whether there's anything. Sorry to disappoint. I know. I mean, this is the interesting thing. Actually, one comment that I'll just make. I remember when I first started at Opus, this is about two years ago, and getting really into the property market as a property economist and getting specific into property. People always questioned long-term capital gains. Nobody at the moment is worrying about (laughs) capital gains and wondering are they potentially going to run out at some point because house prices are higher than they've ever been and nobody's got any belief that house prices won't continue increasing in the future. So that's an interesting takeaway. Main takeaway here that's different from December is that in December, the volume of properties sold was up about 45, 46% year on year. So heaps more properties were selling than the previous year. That's not necessarily the case in January. So total number of properties sold in New Zealand were only up 3.2% year on year. So this January compared to last January. And everywhere else, excluding Auckland, so that all of New Zealand except Auckland, the volume of properties sold were down 10.3% year on year. But there's still heat in the market because the median days to sell, the number of days it takes to sell a property is still falling off a cliff. There are 35 in Auckland and across New Zealand, but they've all shaved off about seven or eight days. It's quite enormous. The period it takes to sell a property is massively down. And actually, just giving some real life examples, after this show, I'm being bought a contract for a property that I'm selling myself, so the Diamond Harbour batch, for any of you who heard me talk about that. I tell you all not to buy batches because you never end up using them as much. I am a classic example of not following my own advice sometime. Wilson's Road, the Diamond Harbour batch, and I decided, well, might as well put it on the market and put that money into a better investment. And the auction is scheduled for about 10 days from now. There is a contract, an unconditional contract coming to me, and that will bring the auction forward about 100000 more than I would have taken on it. So uh, really interesting times in terms of speed to the market. Actually, a good friend of mine as well sold a property last week in Christchurch. Uh, she probably would have sold it for 550 or she had a contract for 475 about 12 months ago. 
It fell over due to a building report. Turned out there was earthquake damage that had been repaired, not to an adequate standard. They've since remedied that and done a little bit, maybe $10,000 worth of additional renovations. Got an unconditional contract at auction last week for $704,000. And it had a pre-auction offer of about six hundred and seventy or something. So an extra two hundred and twenty-nine k. That's enormous. Now let's just talk about Auckland for a minute. So there was an article just the day of our webinar last week talking about house prices falling, maybe, and you know, is this real? And I did bait Ed with this. I gave the question to him, to which he screamed, "Data abuse, data abuse," and then spoke about this. So median sale price was down. 2.4%, 2.4%, so a million rather than 1.025 million. But the house price index is only down 0.3% in Auckland. What does that mean? Well, that means that if we take the fact that actually it went up 1.5% in December, it's still actually not bad given that it's a two-month window and your 0.2% increases. All of New Zealand, excluding Auckland, up another 2.5 in January. That is quite enormous yep. to see that level of monthly growth which, growth, which is not slowing down. And even beyond that, Andrew, the main thing I want to talk about is seasonally adjusted house prices. Now, the key thing here is that we know in a given year how the property market is going to unfold. So we know that fewer properties are going to sell in December and January, and that generally speaking, house prices are softer in January compared to the rest of the year. Now, the reason is because we're all off at the beach or we're doing other things, we're not necessarily going to open homes. And similarly, we know every single year more properties are going to sell in the likes of November compared to October. We're also going to see a slowdown, perhaps in March or April, depending on where Easter weekend is. And especially if we have an Anzac Day thrown in there, which means that half the country shuts down for a two-week period because there are lots of public holidays. And so Ryan's and many other industries can predict how a market is going to move based on those factors. And that's when we need to look at seasonally adjusted house prices. So generally speaking, we'd expect those house prices to fall in January. But even though they did fall in Auckland specifically by 0.3%, so not a lot, that was still 1.7% ahead of where we expected them to be. So what I mean by that is we expected about a 2% fall in house prices in Auckland over the January period, but they only fell by 0.3%. So we're still 1.7% ahead of where we expect it to be. Now, for me, that's the story. Auckland house prices are higher than expected to be. Now, of course, I understand why a media organisation would say, oh, they're going to fall because I'm going to click on that. I even know it's not the case before I click on the story. I'm still going to read it. You just click on it so you can get outraged. It's what's called a hate read, (laughs) a hate read. Or if you watch something on YouTube, you hate watch it. So I would hate read an article like that. And then I know they've got me. But even knowing that, I still read it. So it's really important to understand how seasonally adjusted volumes and seasonally adjusted house prices work. Because what Ryan's in this case will do is they will say, well, where would we expect a house price to be in January? Well, where actually is it? And when you adjust seasonally, when you take out some of those natural market movements over a year, that allows you to see the underlying movement. So what's actually going on within this house price? So let's go through an example. In January 2021, the total number of properties sold were down about 48% compared to December. 
So they almost halved in January this year compared to December 2020. But once you factor in the seasonal adjustment, they were only down 25.3%. So about half of that decrease was due to, in January, we just don't sell as many properties as we would in December. And about the other half was down to a natural market movement. Now, what I would generally say is that's got nothing to do with January being a particularly terrible month. It's the fact that December was particularly strong. But we need to identify and isolate these different movements so that when we're talking about, oh my gosh, there was a 50% decrease in the number of properties sold month on month, we're aware, hey, a significant portion of that, not totally, but a significant portion was just because that's what would expect to happen in January. It's like being surprised that the sun came up in the morning. <laughs> now, what I want to talk about now is what's driving the property market right now. And I know you're probably thinking, oh, in and Andrew, you talk about this a lot. But we just had a really good discussion with Trade Me Property last week or the week before, talking with one of their journalists about how the property market was moving. And we summarised it into two key factors which can be broken down. So the first thing I want to talk about is the demand side with interest rates. Then Andrew will talk about the lack of inventory on the market at the moment. The big thing about interest rates, and I just want to recap this, the first and most important impact of why a lower interest rate impacts demand is that a home buyer, whether it be a first home buyer or an investor or somebody moving, is that you can afford to bid up the price of a property. You can pay more for a property without really paying the price. Now, you're probably thinking, Ed, what do you mean by that? Because that doesn't make sense. What I mean is that you can take out a bigger mortgage, but not increase your repayments because the interest rate is decreased. So instead of bidding up to 500000 perhaps in your situation, you can now bid up to 600000 because you can afford more debt and not change your repayment. So you don't have to alter your lifestyle to bid up the price of a particular house. And that is the first and most important impact that lower interest rates have. And then, of course, we have the other two that we often talk about on the show, which is that investment properties become much, much more profitable because the main expense for property investors is your mortgage. So if you've taken out a half a million dollar mortgage and the interest rate decreases by 1%, that property is making, if you're on interest only, is making an extra $100 a week. It's an extra $5,000 more profitable. And of course, at the same time, as those interest rates are falling, the alternatives for where you're going to store that cash start to decrease. So rather than leaving your money in the bank, you're going to pull it out and you're going to buy some form of asset. You're going to buy an asset that produces an income, but then you're also going to get some form of capital growth. And this is why the share market is strong. And this is why the art market is strong. And this is why the market for buying other businesses is strong right now. All types of assets are increasing in value and appreciating. Why? Because money is cheap and it doesn't make sense to keep money in the bank. If you've got liquid cash, might as well buy an asset, get the cash flow that comes with that and the capital growth that we're seeing in these hot markets. So that is the key reason that is driving demand in the property market right now. And at the same time, short-term supply is completely messed up. So let's talk about inventory. So this is a really interesting topic, and I think a big part of this is COVID kind of slowed things down. I can't remember if I was talking to the listeners of the show last week or an investor that I'm working with, but it dawned on me last week that one of the major things that we've had in the last 12 months due to COVID was some real uncertainty. And when you've got uncertainty, developers aren't going on to trade me, buying big blocks of land, submitting to council plans to develop that. And so there's been this big flow on effect. And now, you know, nine months, 12 months later, 
we've now got a lack of stock with the new products, but also there's a lack of stock in the existing properties as well. So if you look at the overall market, and Ed's put, again, a great graph on our website, which is opuspartners.co.nz forward slash property hyphen markets. Where do you find it on the website as well? Can you? Find it's it? under the where to invest section. Okay, where to invest section. So we've now got what the inventory is for December 2020 versus the long-term average, like we do with the value. So looking at where a market is now compared to its long-term average. And you can sort by region, you can sort by the inventory, and you can sort by the long-term average and the percentage difference. So let's look at the moment based on just the inventory. Wellington has four weeks inventory. So what does that mean? Just to refresh, if no one lists another property in Wellington, it will take four weeks and everything will be sold out. Crazy. Bay of Plenty, five weeks. And the Hawke's Bay, five weeks. The long-term average for Wellington, by the way, is 16 weeks. So that's a negative 75%. Bay of Plenty, its long-term average is 36. So it's down 86.11%. And Hawke's Bay, long-term average is 27. So it's down 81.48. If we look at the highest percentage difference, the Wairarapa, is down to five weeks from 61, so 91.08% down. That's insane. Coromandel is down 88.42%, so down from 121 weeks to 14. That's huge as well. And Bay of Plenty, again, 36 weeks down to five, 86.11. It's quite amazing to see just the fact that the issue driving it is the fact that lots of people aren't listing their homes. And the reason that's sometimes happening, and Tony Alexander did a lot of, he's probably the person who spotted this first actually, was he spotted through his spending surveys that people were spending a lot on renovations. People want comfortable homes because we're spending more time there, not just because we're locked down, but because we're now working from there. We're working from home. We want a nicer office and we have saved up cash because we're not going on overseas holidays. So we spend on our house. We make our houses nicer. That means we're not moving. If we're not moving and buying a bigger house, then we're not listing our properties on the market. That means we've got a short-term supply crunch. Now, the interesting thing here is that initially, a lot of people after COVID weren't actually listing their homes. But in December, a lot of people started listing and we actually had an increase. In fact, we had a 19.2% increase in the number of properties listed in December 2020 compared to December 2019. Now you might say, oh gosh, doesn't this mean we're going to have a correction? And what I mean by that is we're going to have more properties on the market, we'll get back to normal times. Well, here's the issue. We had a 20% increase in the number of properties listed on the market, but we had a 37% increase in the number of properties sold in December. So even though we had more properties coming on the market, we had a significantly larger increase in the number of properties sold and the volume moved. That decreases inventory, causes short-term to the supply to contract even more. Surprise, surprise, we've got an imbalance, up goes prices. It's quite simple when you think about it. Now, I think this is very important. I know we've talked about a lot of these things on the show in various ways, but it's good to summarise these down so that we remember what are those things that are driving the market at the moment. Fantastic. Let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you've got an idea for a show that you'd like us to talk about, send us a text. Our number is 5522 or just flick me an email. My email is ed at opspartners.co.nz. Thanks 
for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholas. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.